Today is July 12th. Welcome to Loving the Word. I'm Reggie. It's fantastic being here with you today. We are in the Common English Bible, and we are continuing in the book of 1 Kings. We'll be in chapter 8, verse 1 through verse 66 to begin with. Then Solomon assembled Israel's elders, all the tribal leaders, and the chiefs of Israel's clans at Jerusalem to bring up the chest containing the Lord's covenant from David's city, Zion. Everyone in Israel assembled before King Solomon in the seventh month, the month of Athenim, during the festival, when all of Israel's elders had arrived. The priest picked up the chest. They brought the Lord's chest, the meeting tent, and all the holy equipment that was in the tent. The priest and the Levites brought them up, while King Solomon and the entire Israelite assembly that had joined him before the chest sacrificed countless sheep and oxen. The priest brought the chest containing the Lord's covenant to its designated spot beneath the wings of the winged creatures in the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place. The winged creatures spread their wings over the place where the chest rested, covering the chest and its carrying poles. The carrying poles were so long that their tips could be seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, though they weren't visible from outside. They are still there today. Nothing was in the chest except the two stone tablets Moses had placed there while at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites after they left Egypt. When the priests left the holy place, the cloud filled the Lord's temple, and the priests were unable to carry out their duties due to the cloud because the Lord's glory filled the Lord's temple. Then Solomon said, The Lord said that he will live in a dark place, but I have indeed built you a lofty temple as a place where you can live forever. The king turned around, and while the entire assembly of Israel was standing there, he blessed them, saying, Bless Israel's God, the Lord, who spoke directly to my father David, and now has kept his promise. From the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I haven't selected a city from any Israelite tribe as a site for the building of a temple for my name. But now I have chosen David to be over my people Israel. My father David wanted to build a temple for the name of the Lord, Israel's God. But the Lord said to my father David, It is very good that you thought to build a temple for my name. Nevertheless, you yourself won't build that temple. Instead, your very own son will build a temple for my name. The Lord has kept his promise. I have succeeded my father David on Israel's throne just as the Lord said, and I have built a temple for the name of the Lord, Israel's God. There I have placed the chest that contains the covenant that the Lord made with our ancestors when he brought them out of Egypt. 
Solomon stood before the Lord's altar in front of the entire Israelite assembly and, spreading out his hands toward the sky, he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below. You keep the covenant and show loyalty to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. This is the covenant you kept with your servant David, my father, which you promised him. Today you have fulfilled what you promised. So now, Lord, Israel's God, keep what you promised my father David, your servant, when he said to him, You will never fail to have a successor sitting on Israel's throne as long as your descendants carefully walk before me, just as you walked before me. So now, God of Israel, may your promise to your servant, my father, come true. But how could God possibly live on earth if heaven, even the highest heaven, can't contain you? How can this temple that I've built contain you? Lord my God, listen to your servant's prayer and request, and hear the cry and the prayer that your servant prays to you today. Constantly watch over this temple, the place about which you said, My name will be there. And listen to the prayer that your servant is praying toward this place. Listen to the request of your servant and your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Listen from your heavenly dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. If someone wrongs another, it must make a solemn pledge, asserting innocence before your altar in this temple. Then listen from heaven, act, and decide which of your servants is right. Condemn the guilty party, repaying them for what their conduct, but justify the innocent person, repaying them for their righteousness. If your people Israel are defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you, but then they change their hearts and lives, give thanks to your name, and ask for mercy before you at this temple, then listen from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel. Return them to the land you gave their ancestors. When the sky holds back its rain because Israel has sinned against you, but they then pray toward this place, give thanks to your name, and turn away from their sin because you have punished them for it. Then listen from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel. Teach them the best way for them to follow and send rain on your land that you gave to your people as an inheritance. Whenever there is a famine or plague in the land or whenever there is blight mildew, locust, or grasshopper, or whenever someone's enemy attacks them in their cities, or any plague or illness comes. Whatever prayer or petition is made by any individual or by all of your people Israel, because people will recognize their own pain and spread out their hands toward this temple, then listen from heaven where you live, forgive Act and repay each person according to all their conduct, because you know their hearts. You alone know the human heart. Do this so that they may revere you all the days they live on the land 
that you gave to our ancestors. Listen also to the immigrant who isn't from your people Israel, but who comes from a distant country because of your reputation, because they will hear of your great reputation, your great power, and your outstretched arm. When the immigrant comes and prays toward the temple, then listen from heaven where you live and do everything the immigrant asks. Do this so that all people of the earth may know your reputation and revere you, as your people Israel do, and recognize that this temple I have built bears your name. When your people go to war against their enemies, wherever you may send them, and they pray to the Lord toward the city you have chosen and toward this temple that I have built for your name, then listen from heaven to their prayer and request and do what is right for them. When they sin against you, for there is no one who doesn't sin, and you become angry with them and hand them over to an enemy who takes them away as prisoners to enemy territory, whether distant or nearby, if they change their heart in whatever, they, whatever land they are held captive, changing their lives and begging for your mercy, saying, We have sinned, we have done wrong, we have acted wickedly. And if they return to you with all their heart and all their being in the enemy territory where they have been taken captive, and pray to you toward their land which you gave their ancestors, toward the city you have chosen, and toward the temple I have built for your name, then listen to their prayer and request from your heavenly dwelling place. Do what is right for them, and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Forgive all their wrong that they have done against you. See to it that those who captured them show them mercy. These are your people and your inheritance. You brought them out of Egypt from the iron furnace. Open your eyes to your servant's request and to the request of your people Israel. Hear them whenever they cry out to you. You set them apart from all the earth's peoples as your own inheritance. Lord, just as you promised through your servant Moses when you brought our ancestors out of Egypt. As soon as Solomon finished praying and making these requests to the Lord, he got up from the, before the altars of the Lord, where he had been kneeling with his hands spread out to heaven. He stood up and blessed the whole Israelite assembly in a loud voice. May the Lord be blessed. He has given rest to his people Israel, just as he promised. He hasn't neglected any part of the good promise he made through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us, just as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us or abandon us. May he draw our hearts to him to walk in all his ways and to observe his commands, his laws, and his judgments that he gave our ancestors. And may these words of mine that I have cried out before the Lord remain near to the Lord our God day and night so that he may do right by his servant and his people Israel for each day's need. 
and so that all the earth's peoples may know that the Lord is God. There is no other God. Now you may be committed to the Lord our God with all your heart by following his laws and observing his commands, just as you are doing right now. Then the king and all Israel with him sacrificed to the Lord. Solomon offered well-being sacrifices to the Lord, 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep, when the king and all Israel dedicated the Lord's temple. On that day, the, the king made holy the middle of the courtyard in front of the Lord's temple. He had to offer the entirely burned offerings, grain offerings, and the fat of the well-being sacrifices there because the bronze altar that was in the Lord's presence was too small to contain the entirely burned offerings, the grain offerings, and the fat of the well-being sacrifices. At that time, Solomon, together with all Israel, held a celebration. It was a large assembly from Libo Hamath to the border of Egypt. They celebrated for seven days and then for another seven days in the presence of the Lord our God, fourteen days in all. On the eighth day, Solomon dismissed the people. They blessed the king and went back to their tents, happy and pleased about all the good that the Lord had done for his servant David and for his people Israel. Acts chapter 7 verse 51 through chapter 8, verse 13. You stubborn people, in your thoughts and hearing, you are like those who have had no part in God's covenant. You continuously set yourself against the Holy Spirit, just like your ancestors did. Was there a single prophet your ancestors didn't harass? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And you betrayed and murdered him. You received the law given by angels, but you haven't kept it. Once the council members heard these words, they were enraged and began to grind their teeth at Stephen. But Stephen, enabled by the Holy Spirit, stared into heaven and saw God's majesty and Jesus standing at God's right side. He exclaimed, Look! I can see heaven on display and the human one standing at God's right side. At this, they shrieked and covered their ears. Together they charged at him, threw him out of the city and began to stone him. The witnesses placed their coats in the care of a young man named Saul. As they battered him with stones, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, Accept my life. Falling to his knees, he shouted, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. Then he died. Saul was in full agreement with Stephen's murder. At that time, the church in Jerusalem began to be subjected to vicious harassment. Everyone except the apostles was scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some pious men 
some pious men buried Stephen and deeply grieved over him. Saul began to wreak havoc against the church, entering one house after another. He would drag off both men and women and throw them into prison. Those who had been scattered moved on, preaching the good news along the way. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and began to preach Christ to them. The crowds were united by what they heard Philip say and the signs they saw him perform, and they gave him their undivided attention. With loud shrieks, unclean spirits came out of many people, and many who were paralyzed or crippled were healed. There was great rejoicing in that city. Before Philip's arrival, a certain man named Simon had practiced sorcery in that city and baffled the people of Samaria. He claimed to be a great person. Everyone from the least to the greatest gave him their undivided attention and referred to him as the power of God called great. He had their attention because he had baffled them with sorcery for a long time. After they came to believe Philip, who preached the good news about God's kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Even Simon himself came to believe and was baptized. Afterward, he became one of Philip's supporters, as he saw firsthand the signs and great miracles that were happening. He was astonished. Psalm 129, a pilgrimage song. From youth, people have constantly attacked me. Let Israel now repeat. From youth, people have constantly attacked me. But they haven't beaten me. They plowed by my back like farmers. They made their furrows deep. But the Lord is righteous. God cut me free from the ropes of the wicked. Let everyone who hates Zion be ashamed, thoroughly frustrated. Let them be like grass on a roof that dies before it can be pulled up, which won't fill the reaper's hand or fill the harvester's arms. Let no one who passes by say to them, May the Lord's blessing be on you. We bless you in the Lord's name. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 1 Better a dry crust with quiet than a house full of feasting with quarrels. This concludes our reading for today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this new day. We thank you for all your blessings. You're so good to us, God. Father, right, right now we just think upon who you are, your greatness, God. The one who created the heavens and the earth and the one who created 
our hearts, our minds, our souls, our bodies, our spirits. How awesome are you, God, that you create the universe and you create all the animals, the flying creatures, the ones who swim in the sea and rivers. And then you create humankind. And then you put us as rulers over your creation. Father, it's very humbling that you put us in charge of such great care. And that we are your favorite ones. We are the apple of your eye, each and every one of us. And that you call us your own. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your great mercy that you show towards us each and every day and your great kindness. Father, help us to love you in return. And may we know you the way that you know Jesus. We thank you for this great mystery that we are in you and you are in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining me today. It is a joy, honor, and a privilege to spend this time with you each and every day. So thank you so very much for joining me on this adventure of a lifetime. That will wrap it up for today. I love you, and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow.